You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to Agency Highway. This is episode 132 with Kurt Phillip from Convertica. Kurt, thank you so much for joining me. Jimmy, thanks for having me on, man. It's been a while since we've uh, caught up. I think the last time we caught up was uh, on the Gold Coast about probably a year ago now. Yeah, oh, geez. It, yeah, don't, oh, it's sad, it's isn't it? By. How fast this year and, uh, and all of last year went. But yeah, I can't believe it's been a year. We're playing golf uh, at a little, uh, is it that one? Was it the golf event? <laughs> no, I don't know. At the, uh, the one, one we were at was at the North Burley Surf ah, Club. Yes. <laughs> yes, something I've always been a fan of is catching up with uh, other business owners in real life. I know... Um, uh, just recently, I got away for the weekend uh, with a bunch of people from the DC, which is the community I guess we know each other from. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, like the, my wife a couple of months ago was like, "You are grumpy and like shitty with business. You need to go away on one of your business things because you, you come back refreshed every time." Uh, yeah, so I, I guess this is not the topic we're talking about today, but I think it's important um, to talk about because I don't know. It's man, like it's such a big difference when you talk talking to business owners who sort of get your problems and, and I don't know, it's, it's a different wavelength than talking to, I guess, just my normal friends with normal jobs. Yeah. I think three or four times a year, pre COVID anyway, three or four times a year, I've got some masterminds. I mean, and we would go out and get cabins or houses out in remote places or mm-hmm. in Thailand, it would be a, a villa or whatever, but in, in Europe, it's generally like a, a cabin or a villa. And we just go like lock ourselves away for a couple of days and, just shoot the shit do do like have little events in the house and just talk business and have little masterminds and it's super healthy just to like recalibrate right yeah 100 percent. and I've, i love that this is what we're talking about now because like i could do this all day you know that's all it's got to be is getting getting a cabin with a bunch of friends you know it's not that's what the mm-hmm. last one was it wasn't any like crazy organization around it it's just like choose some of your favorite people in business and go and get a bloody cabin and or something a house and share it for like three or four nights absolutely amazing i saw a really cool twitter quote around that it was like all that business is, is you being able to identify and find cool, smart people to talk talk about cool shit with, which essentially at the end of the day is all, all, <laughs> all that it is, right? So. Yeah, I like that. Um, I just want to find that because that person is talking my language. It's, uh, yeah, 100% one of, the, one of the best things I ever do uh, in business is to get away and, and cool, hang out with cool people, uh, doing other cool things, doing things a lot cooler than I am, which m- makes it hard when you're hanging out with all these people who are just like crushing it compared to you. But uh, I suppose you're supposed to find motivation in that and not compare yourself with them. <laughs> Uh, I'm really bad at that. Anyway, let's talk about conversion rate optimization. I know um, people listening to this, we've had an episode on CRO recently, but we talk, more talked about offering it, how you offer it as a service and um, you know how you can help, like how you can differentiate as an agency. Today, I'd like to get into, I guess, the weeds a little bit more about CRO because Kurt has run Convertica, a, a CRO agency for how long now, Kurt? Yeah. Uh, 
four <laughs> and a half years now. I think we're coming up on now. So it's it's yeah, it's hmm. it's been a while. It seems like it's a still a startup or whatever whatever you want to call it. But yeah, yeah. four and a half years, work around seven hundred clients, run seven thousand, eight thousand split tests. So it's um yeah. not me personally. We have a we have a team of, of twenty in the agency and, and and which has been crucial to the to the growth. But it's uh yeah. we've we've found out some cool stuff with working with so many businesses, you know. Yeah, I imagine you'd learn some cool things and you've developed quite the reputation and I'm surprised to like four and a half years doesn't actually seem that long. That's quite the uh, rise to glory uh, <laughs> quite quick, uh, I feel, like 20, 20 people that fast and and because like, I know you guys are very well known and I guess like the, is it like, is affiliate site your main thing still? Like where are you at? Well, that's, that's, that's funny. I've had a conversation with a few people recently and, and they said the same thing. Um, so our original market was affiliate because that's where i came from so mm. i was an seo and affiliate so that's i spoke at some conferences where that's that was the presentation was around that sort of stuff but mm. but man like the last two years especially after covid um 80 of our clients now in uh, e-commerce so it's completely changed and that was something that i sort of wanted to take the direction of the company in um, was e-commerce because obviously the the biggest market and the, the fastest growing market in the world um so yeah mostly e-commerce now yeah that's, that's... SaaS, we work as some lead gen but yeah mostly e-commerce. yeah nice uh, i mean i am part of me wants to go into e-commerce as well I, like you said it's you know I, just from sitting on the outside i can clearly see how much it's taking off you know especially covid sort of accelerated that and mm. i think i would uh enjoy being in the e-commerce space but also got to focus on what i'm doing <laughs> you know and stop trying to do new things um but yeah so so would you like, why did you go down e-commerce just for that reason? Because it's growing so much. Like, and I guess what I'm trying to get here is, is like, is that something people need to think about? Is is just focusing on something like e-commerce or uh, if they're going to absolutely not, absolutely not, yeah, absolutely not. Like, I, I, my first business was an e-commerce business, uh, and buying and stock and inventory and managing those types of things and having a, I guess, an intellectual capital business and an agency now mm. is far superior in my opinion, it, it, in my opinion, for the lifestyle I live and the type of life I want to live. Um, agencies are much, much more conducive for what my goals are. Of course, if with e-commerce businesses, you can make a lot more money on the exits and stuff, but I just hated dealing with inventory and having so much capital tied up in, in stock and so on. But from yeah. a, from a conversion perspective, it was more, we just didn't have a system around it because I hadn't done conversion and optimization on e-commerce when we first started. So we had to develop a system and a process behind testing um, that was that would get consistent results. Um, and with the more clients that were coming through and the more tests we ran, we started to to have that, you know, so. Yeah. So um, do you think the process is similar for other types of businesses as well? Like not just e-com, like I just, you know, is, just in case someone's listening to this going, well, I don't do e-commerce clients. Are they going to learn stuff that's applicable to their, to whatever clients they have? For sure. I mean, the, the same high level strategy is still the same, like identifying where you're making the revenue, what the funnels look like, where the customers are flowing through. And like that's the, that's a, that's the same on every site. The functionality of like, for instance, on an affiliate site where you have a product review site and you compare ten products, for instance, and you have a comparison table, maybe a 
a featured box at the top outlining what your favorite product is like these things are different the actual technical side of it and the, and the stuff you're optimizing is different whereas like on a e-commerce site one of the most high success rate tests we have is having a buy now button always visible even when you scroll down the page on mobile for instance. Nice. like it's a simple test but it works so often and yeah like the high level strategy is the same but the actual execution of the what we're testing is fine. Yeah, obviously. cool. Well, yeah, maybe let's uh, let's sort of talk about both the systems and then and then individual things like that that you find is working because mm-hmm. you know that that right there is like a damn cool tip. Um, I've noticed um, I've been getting into drone flying recently, like first person view stuff, mm-hmm. and I so I'm buying a lot from the crappy Chinese site Banggood because uh, that's mm-hmm. where they do all the drone stuff. And I've noticed they've do they do that thing now with the the floating button on mobile as you scroll down, mm-hmm. and it's been quite good because I don't have to scroll around the page looking for the way to buy it. Yeah, especially um, if there's a lot of copy. Well, you I, know, but the, I think the the main thing is now like Amazon, for example. Everyone trusts Amazon, so to be able to copy what Amazon's doing is not a great thing to like. I see some people saying just copy Amazon. They've split tested everything. Just copy exactly what they're doing. And I don't think that's 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 not a blanket statement <laughs> you can use because they have the trust. So you're not having to like build that trust up. So in order to build up trust on yeah. a e-commerce website where you've just typed in a keyword, you're ranking at the top via maybe PPC or organic, then someone comes to your site. Now, once they've landed on your site, it's about capturing the trust and attention of that user all the way through to the purchase, right? So mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta think about like where they're landing. So let's just say most commonly they're landing straight on the product page. They're not landing on the homepage, not landing on a category, sometimes a category, but most of the time if they're typed in buy Apple Watch or whatever, obviously not a great example, Apple, but it'll go straight to the product page. Now, once they're there, you have to instantly have a site that has credibility and trust. The two things that people always look for, whether it's in person or on on a website. So reviews will always out trump everything like if you look at our homepage convertica.org we have like the offer review case study review more reviews and it's like all about building trust what we do we outline what we do and that's that allows people from our cold audiences from facebook and so on to build trust with them very quickly and it's the same on any commerce website so they land you have the review stars above the fold and inside there's there's a big mistake that a lot of themes and developers have um, made is they put the they put like the review stars under the price or the product name, sure, but they don't actually put the reviews above the fold. So that's something that we test a lot, and it has a very high win rate um, from having like, like and having and having customer photos too. So having customer photos, having the review stars, and having a small snippet of their testimony of, the, of their review so it doesn't have to be like the whole huge review about how much they love their product change their life they cleared up their acne and all you know you don't have to like show it all but just show like a very cool snippet and then they can read more if they want to read more but if you have three four five reviews above the fold um maybe just under the add to cart button or something like that around mm-hmm. there it will build that credibility and then on top of that we also test what we call credibility indicators which is you know, Norden shields or refund policy icons or fast next day shipping, whatever. 
Um, so those two in combination work really well. Um, and we see some really big increases on on customers' sites from, from these. Now, I keep saying, like, we have a very high win rate and I use these terms all the time. It's because we always test everything with our clients on our split testing campaign and nothing's 100%. So we always test them because these things I'm mentioning have the highest win rate. So people asking, I have a, I have a group on, on Facebook and I won't mention it, but they ask questions all the time as if I'm like a guru and I'm, I know everything about CRO. Hmm. And they're like, will this work better or will this work better? Well, I don't know. You have to test it and, and see. Of, of course, there's some questions that are very obvious and of course it'll work better. But hmm. most of the things I recommend, I'm recommending to test and see if you can get see if you can get a result because they've worked well for us more than more than not. And then from the product page, it's about keeping that trust and credibility through the funnel. And when I say the funnel, I mean the next steps through to the purchase. So add to cart and, and the checkout mm-hmm. um, and not making the checkouts too big. A lot of people, like we just we just signed a client yesterday and they have a fantastic site. It's so beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful sites I've seen. It's like done around um, like a fantasy type site and the developer's gone to town on this thing. It looks so nice. <laughs> but then you get to the checkout page to buy the product and it's just like, a, it looks like a Google form. So like <laughs> right, right there, right there, like they've taken them on this awesome journey all the way through. And then the balance rate's huge on the checkout because it's this huge form where they're asking like, address and they've got three lines for address and they've got postcode and they've got country county all these things that are just obviously being a generic part of the template that the developers used Mm -hmm. or something or just like he's just pulled it in and he hasn't optimized it um so we're going through now and just having credit card ccv and whatever the authorization method is whether it's postcode or whatever just one thing and just making and then keeping it in that same style so that you're taking the user through that journey the whole way without them um, snapping out of like the unconscious process of purchasing, like like on Amazon. I know in Australia, Amazon's not a, a big thing, but in the UK, man, like you just buy things and they turn up at your door and you don't even remember it because the the process through to the checkout is just so sick. <laughs> hey, it's, it's, it's becoming that, a thing. Zone. It's becoming a thing here oh, for cool. sure. Yeah, cool, like cool. I'm on Amazon Prime now. Um, mm. You know, I prefer to support Aussie businesses where I can, but some things I get. Uh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but like in London, man, like I ordered something the other day at, at 12 and it was at our door at 7 p.m. And I was like, man, this is this is not good. This is like <laughs> this is too impulsive to have stuff, you know. So, but most yeah, of the stuff the next day, but yeah. You, you're talking about that sort of impulse purchase. I think, you know, it's not going to be quite the same as uh, like every kind of business because, you know, with our, with our products, people have to sign up for a trial. You know, I'm, I'm trying to, every, as you're talking, I'm trying to think about how I can apply these things to our business. And there's definitely room mm-hmm. for it, you know, like um, I love the idea of having reviews everywhere, um, which, which I'll come back to in a minute. Um, but, you know, then people have to sign up for a trial and then, uh, and then they have to, like use the trial and then come back later to make the purchase. It's not just like make a purchase right away. So they're not like, they're probably going to lose that zone anyway, but um, For sure. what about with like with agencies, I guess you could apply the same principles through to some kind of, you know, inquiry or like 
you know, I, I noticed on your site, you've got an audit um, that pops up as you mm-hmm. scroll down. Is, is that what you mean there? Like, you know, keeping it going until they've claimed their audit? So that was that was for e-commerce, yeah. But this for for agencies, it's very different. For instance, we we looked at our numbers last year, and our average sign-up time is twenty-eight days from from when they start to when they finish. So, with a, I talked about this on my master agency mastermind I'm on today. On the journey of high-ticket agency sales, where your average sign-up is between one and ten grand per month or whatever, you have to they have to talk to someone at that point and they have to, they'll be asking a lot of questions and your support team have to have the answers that they're looking for and deliver the response in a way that like builds trust and credibility. So it's a bit more advanced rather than a few icons and reviews. Right. But you need to have, of course, there's, there's a sales yeah. process, but exactly, exactly. Yeah, well, I think we've, we've got a bit of a delay going on here, but um, oh, okay. um, I can see on your site, like even mm-hmm. you know, you're obviously an agency and I can see reviews all over the place. So if anyone wants to check this out, it's at convertica.org. So convertica.org. Um, and I mean, the first thing I see is a Trustpilot rating, which is above the fold, which I've been thinking of doing actually, like putting our Captera reviews and stuff there. Then it's a featured on mm-hmm. as featured on area, which, you know, a bunch of logos, classic. Um, and then a bunch of like, you know, you say what you do <laughs> for the first time. Oh, not really. Obviously above this, above the fold, you, you've got your main headline, but um, and then it gets into more and more reviews, six reviews, and you know some of them are from, well, most of them are from very well-known <laughs> people. Uh, mm-hmm. And then a long list of happy clients, and then case studies, and then uh, services, and then about your team. So like eighty percent of that page is is basically trust building stuff. Yeah, and that's it. So that's for an agency is a little bit different, right? But mm. but we've split tested that homepage a ton, um, and at the end of the day, it's the same sort of things that Mm. work across the board it's all about just keeping the user or the 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 client or the potential client um in trusting of you throughout the process right because they've come to you in a certain like it depends how warm they are when they come to you for instance like facebook traffic that don't know anything about me specifically because i'm the face of the company they take a lot longer to warm up and it feels like old school sales like i get on hmm. i'm doing a sales call whereas more than half of our leads that come through have been following us for a while or on our list uh seen youtube podcasts i'm on or whatever and they know a little bit and it's much easier to hmm. it's much more of a conversation like this you know we're talking about business we're talking about what their goals are hmm. and what so um but yeah it just depends on on like always like the how warm the client is and, and where yeah. they've come into the into the funnel and what you need to do but yeah, I've, I've been a, always been a big fan of like sprinkling reviews or so like through or testimonials throughout sites. I don't know if you've seen this much, but, um, you know, like one of the things I always struggle when we're building like a new page on the site is like images, right? Like people always you know, do the whole alternating image thing where there's an image on one side and some copy on the right and kind of alternate it. Um, what I started- You mean like a slider? Uh, no, no, no. As in like just a content, like a row on the website where it's just- 
you think of like a tour page on a SaaS site and you, you'll have like an image of what it looks like on the left and then talking about the, the feature on oh, the right, right yeah, inside. Yeah. Okay. Well, like, yeah. so I see like that alternating image thing happen on a lot of sites, but what I experimented with a few site, like a few iterations ago was like putting testimonials there to reinforce whatever we were talking about, you know? So if we're claiming that, I don't know, the product mm. helps people get content faster, mm-hmm. it's like a review specifically about that with someone and, I don't, know, I, I don't know where mm. I got that idea from, but I, I like that. Have you experimented with that? Makes before? a lot of sense. In some forms, not exactly in that mm. way, but like on, um, uh, where was it that we did it? Well, after, I've done it on, on our side in terms of putting different CTAs in placement of different levels of awareness. For instance, you'll start a, 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 a post with, more of a broader this is our offering and this is what we do then you go down and it's more in detail maybe some trust building then you go down more and it's even more because obviously if someone's reading more and more down the page Mm. they're not quite sure yet right so having ctas and having testimonials man i can i can see that being a huge one too if it's like a long sales page for sure like if it's at a topic you're talking about like saying how good your service is or this revolution, revolutionary new feature that you've put out and then someone giving a post, a, a review about that feature or something similar, mm. it would work really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was just like, it's, it's also been, I don't know, this is totally not like, I guess it's part of the topic, but I just <clears throat> find it nice because it, it makes um, building sites a bit easier too if you know what to do, you know, when you <laughs> write the copy. I always feel like I get stuck when I write copy for a section and then I'm like, how are we going to make this look good as well as like, you know, what mm-hmm. do we put in the other side? Like, so it's not just a bunch of words. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I'd like to switch gears a little bit and talk about uh, your process when either if you were going to optimize your own site, you know, your agency site or a client, you talked about like the systems being the same. So where do you start? Like what, what's the process? Well, we have a few different offerings that we provide. So we have one that's a, a more of a recent product where it's called the best practices, where we go through and optimize a newer site based on data that we've collected from all the thousands of split tests we've mm-hmm. done. So it's like data-based CRO um, and we customize it to their site. Or we do our split testing, which requires a bit more of a process where we identify the highest traffic pages on a website and then the highest traffic money pages or the highest traffic uh, like product page. It depends on the type of site. I'm using a lot of different terms here because on affiliate sites, it's money pages. On an e-commerce website, it's product pages. On a SaaS, it'll be like only two or three pages because you're putting them through like the product overview or the tour or whatever, and then whatever. But essentially where your users, what, what journey are your users going on when they land? And that's what we optimize. Um, so once we've identified those, we then look at like what's the end of the funnel looking like and like where do they pop out, which would be the conversion or the goal. And then there's a bunch of other conversions along the, the way too, like clicking on call to actions that take them through another point or like, or form fill out in a certain part. And then it allows us to track different drop-offs so we can see where people are falling off along that process or why they're falling off. And then we can fix it up so that at the end of, at the, end of the whole process, they're coming out as a customer, right? So um, 
that's sort of our process when we look at it. I know it's a bit broad, it's not super specific, but it depends on the type of type of site. Um, but we just need to follow the journey that gets and a lot of it's surprising, man, because a lot of people don't actually know that. Mm. That's we, what I was gonna say. On, like, they, yeah, so you said so it's broad, have, but like I, I think it's it's pretty it is something that a lot of people miss and like like literally going through every mm. single step that a customer would go through to purchase and yeah, make and that's, that's essentially the process. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's essentially the process. And then once we've identified that, we then go through and and the team will come up with a strategy to come up with some optimizations on the site. Now, the the crazy thing is, and especially it's even more prevalent in 2020 and 2021, so many people built their own websites. They didn't use developers anymore because it's so easy to build a Shopify site now. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to build a WordPress site. So these people who have no tech skills or very little tech skills or design skills or sales skills were building these websites that through SEO, through PPC, through a market just exploding, now they have these multi-million dollar businesses. Obviously not, I've, I've oversimplified it, but um, there's, these people have have grown these big companies now, you know, like I've seen happen so many people in the DC um, where they started as this little niche and then it blew up to be this huge thing. Now they're an authority in the niche and they didn't necessarily have their website optimized whatsoever. Mm. So we get in there and then it's like, we have an 80, 20 of things we do, but then we always test them because what we, we have a high percentage chance of having a winner, but we want to catch the losers because there's always losers at some point, whether it's the first test, the second test, the third test. And what we can't have is a loser that we roll out a losing split test and then that negatively affects their conversions which would offset our whole service right so so, so yeah. before we dig into like the i'd like to talk about those you know the 80 20 i guess of of the, th- the things you start with but is there a level where cro sort of doesn't make sense like there's not enough traffic and, and what is that level you know if someone if someone's an agency and they're below that level what do they what do they do yeah, so that and that's the the tricky question to answer because it depends on the type of site. If they're if they're a agency and there's a very clear funnel, you're going to need much less traffic than the e-commerce website that has right. fifty products where the traffic split over the products. And there's certain tricks you can do, like combining traffic across pages, because if they all have the same product page, you can get pretty statistical significant data from that. But um, but with an agency, for instance, uh, like Empire Flippers was a good example of that where we optimize their valuation tool where people put in their website and a heap of data about their website. And then at the end, it pops out a valuation of what they think they could sell it for. And then that goes into their their onboarding for, for new people trying to sell their website. Mm-hmm. So we were able to get statistical significance at like two or 3,000. I can't remember the exact number, but it was a couple of years ago, but at like two or 3,000 visitors because there was one very clear funnel right. and like all users entered and came out the end of one one page. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was very easy to then track that. Whereas, yeah, an e-commerce website, I mean, you can, you can run split tests on two to 5,000 minimum, but that's a big range, right? Two to yeah. 5,000 traffic uh, visitors a month, but it just depends on the type of site. If it's like a huge amount of orders though, and it's a low ticket, then it's going to take a lot less than something that's higher ticket and, and so on. But but uh, I wouldn't really start 
with split testing unless you have really over like 20 30,000 visitors a month to your to your website mm. in, in reality of course there's much you can get much lower um, but if, if people are looking to start with it themselves I would I wouldn't be looking at it for less than that but if you have over that because mm. a lot of people do then it's definitely something that should be yeah. And I mean, it applies to, this is like for agencies listening, there's probably a lot of people that don't come close to that with, with their agency mm-hmm. side, but this is, you know, your, your clients, however, might, and this is a service you can, you can pretty mm, easily exactly. bolt on. Yeah. 100%. And, and a lot of your clients 100%. are going to have some pretty decent traffic. So. And, and something, something we see, so sorry, interrupt, but no. something we see, something we see super often is, a pa- there'll be one or two pages on a a website that was just a blog post they wrote mm. like years ago and it started ranking, but they don't have any call to action or any way to get back to the the actual product. You know, mm. so it's very easy to optimize optimize that uh, like a, a blog post on an e-commerce store I'm talking about. So yeah, um, well I mean I think that applies to a lot of businesses. I mean that's it's like a mm. regular thing that I do is go in um and I go to analytics and go to I think it's the landing page report. Mm-hmm. So I think it's behavior content landing page is the that's what my yep. favorite report in analytics and then order by um trial conversions for our product, right? So whatever, you know, mm-hmm. if someone's listening, it might be someone fills out a contact form on your page and you can see the top pages that are, um, you know, driving trials. And those are a really good place to start for like optimizing the CTAs on those blog posts. But at the same time, that same report, you know, I can order by traffic rather than conversions. And I can see these blog posts that are getting tons of traffic that they're the ones people are landing on uh, and mm-hmm. we're getting no conversions from. So they're really good targets for optimization as well, provided they're relevant enough to our products. But yeah, th- mm-hmm. those two exactly. those two reports, well, it's the one report ordered by two different things. That's a lot. That's pretty much how we do most of optimization. Because I wouldn't say we have tons and tons of traffic, but um you know, if there's a post that's converting fairly well, it can only take a couple of tweaks to make it just like go crazy. Well, something that worked really well for us, we have a lot of broader style content that is ranking like top five now. Mm. Like I can't think of uh, any any off the top of my head, but just really broad CRO sales theories. And but what 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 it does is it gets people onto our page. It gets them pixel, but it also mm. if when they see the free audit pop up, um, I know free audits blog to death, but it works really well for us. <laughs> but um, when they see that, which it is, it's one hundred percent free. We they they sign up and then they come into our list and then mm. then they're they're part of our journey. And we can we can get in front of them much more often, you know. So right. it happens happens really well to you. Don't necessarily have to sell them something as an agency, but just show them some value that you can. Because when they're submitting your their email to you, they're giving you something of huge value. So you need to give them something of huge value back, right? In order for that exchange to happen. Yeah. So not just a simple. You see it all the time. Like, sign up for our newsletter. Well, why would I sign? What's a newsletter? Like, it has no value whatsoever. Like, yeah. What in, yeah. in the slightest? So you need to give it, you know, give it some value. Do you manage WordPress sites for your clients? If so, you should probably check out WP Remote. It's a central platform to manage all of your sites in one place. That includes security, malware, uptime monitoring, and it's even got a built-in staging system. 
But my favorite feature is the visual regression system that will give you an alert if something breaks on an update so you can get in there and fix it. It was created by the same people behind BlogVault and Melcare. Now, BlogVault is one of the best backup plugins I've used, and it's also trusted by some of the biggest WP maintenance agencies out there like GoWP, WP Buffs, WP Valet. So if these guys rely on it, you know it's rock solid. You can try WP Remote for free and get 10% off any of the paid offerings by going to wpremote.com slash highway. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah. I get that. So I'm actually curious on your audit now because there's probably a lot of people listening to this mm-hmm. that have heard about audits, um, you know, and uh, in web design, it's pretty common. So how, a couple of questions, like how much manual work is involved mm-hmm. in the audit and how do you, like, are, are you just, like, do you discriminate about who comes in? Like, because I imagine there'd be, you'd get some serious tire kickers coming in. Um. Well, we can we so what we do is when when they send through for a request for the audit, um, in order to for like not security but like to eliminate most of the tire kickers, we ask them to give us a screenshot of their top top uh, ten pages for the last thirty days for traffic, and you'd be surprised how just by asking for that small request, how most of the tire kickers kick off uh, will. Um, drop off from that so they don't um, submit it or they just don't they submit and don't well, include it they don't submit it but they feel super they feel super um no oh, sorry my my child in the background <laughs> it's I, all good. You, you better cut this out you better cut this out right uh, maybe we don't um <laughs> it's uh, it's it's real so, man it's, uh, sure, everyone's sure familiar sure. with how it goes <laughs> um yeah but what what it does is because we have a lot of people that are also selling agency services, CRO agency services, and they'll just put in their client's website with their email, and our team does a full audit, a full real audit of their site. It's not, it's not automated. It's not, it's not um, like cookie cutter. We've, we've put a lot of time into making sure that it's it's really in depth, and we provide exactly everything in the audit that someone could literally go hire someone on. Upwork to fulfill our whole order list, but that doesn't matter. Like, we'll sure we'll lose a ton of work by giving that amount of information away, but we also sign a much more. We sign many more high ticket clients. That's that builds a lot of credibility with, right? So, mm. the actual generation of the report is pretty automated in terms of the actual making of the report, but the actual all the due diligence and the amount of work that goes into going through every page, looking for potential upside and so on is all completely manual. Yeah, wow. Okay, that's interesting. And I like the idea of like, mm-hmm. you know, a question or two that gets people like sort of makes people drop off. That's a big thing when we're hiring uh, team members. You know, we have a couple of questions in there that require like them to spend a little bit of time on and, and that makes a big difference in like being able to quickly identify who doesn't actually care about the job and, and being able to delete them. And- so same principle and we will have we'll have like seven and eight figure websites give us that information in a heartbeat without any worry at all but then we'll have like a guy making 5k a month which will send us a really aggressive email on why he won't send us that information and how he wants us to sign five ndas and all this Hmm. type of stuff it's really interesting the type of feedback you get it's 
work in an agency where you're dealing with people. Um, oh, I have no doubt, man. Like one our biggest, yeah, it's, um, it's our biggest feature request for content snare is white labeling. Uh, you know, so, so when people send like mm-hmm. a request for information to their clients, they want it to be on their domain and, um, you know, have their colors and all this stuff. And, uh, I've, it's pretty clear that the people who want that the most are the smallest agencies. Um, mm-hmm. I guess maybe it's kind of wanting, wanting to appear, like a larger agency or something. Um, yeah. But a lot of the we bigger the guys, too, actually. and we've got really big, um, you know, like ridiculously big clients that are just like, yeah, whatever, we don't care. We're just, it's on your domain, mm-hmm. but we just tell people that we're using this product that's really good for getting content. And so I just find that really interesting. Um, you know, we're still going to build white labeling because it's so popular, but I just find it, yeah, that's just an interesting thing that I've noticed <laughs> and it seems to be the same kind of thing you've got there where sure. people don't want to share information when they're smaller. I don't know. Well, they could have had some, you know, some history in the past where they got like ripped off or yeah, true. especially in the affiliate, in the affiliate space. But then the biggest affiliates, they don't care because they've already built a mode around their business and they're, you know, it's not so hard to, to rip off where well, you kind of yeah. get it when it's the smaller guys, because you know, like we've had some guys say to us, oh, you can just go and you have all my, like you, you're you going to get all my financials and my keyword pages and everything. You, you could just go and rip it off. Well, I mean, we're going to lose credibility pretty quickly in the industry if we do that for a few people. Yeah. Now, so, yeah. yeah, I can see it being a big deal in SEO because people are quite protective. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, cool. Not so, so much in e-commerce though. Yeah. So what are like, what are the, I mean, we kind of have been talking about the 80, 20 and where you'd focus, but like, is there anything, mm-hmm. anything else there, you know, when you first bring on a client, um, where else you'd look? I think a good rule of thumb too is to make it as easy as possible. And this is very easy to say on that sort of like larger <laughs> overview, but make it as easy as possible for like a five-year-old to buy or mm-hmm. purchase or sign up. Um, it's, it's super surprising to see some of some huge websites and they have like one very small call to action at the top and then that's it throughout the page and you have to scroll all the way back to the top to sign up or, mm. or whatever, or the, or the creative team has had too much sort of pull in the, in the decision-making process or they just haven't, and they just haven't done any testing, you know? Mm. So um, making the, what you want them to do very clear. Like you see it very often with, with uh, websites where there's some very broad offer, like we are transparent and <laughs> very trustworthy business that creates on-time results but it doesn't say anything about what they do how they do it and some benefits and features and how they get started right yeah. i think that's the that's the easiest way i always see people in the forums putting uh, in the facebook groups like putting up uh, web uh, urls to like roast their website and it's always the same it's always like it's just they've been too artsy with their offer and you can't work out what it exactly it is if you can't spell it out in like a sentence then yeah it's going to be misinterpreted i think like you need to be able to explain it in one sentence <laughs> yeah i love, um, that's I love a, this chat because it's like one of the biggest problems yeah. we have with our product it's like e- even after years i can't describe it in a sentence because it depends who i'm talking to which you know like if i say you know content saying makes it easier to get website content from your clients that's like fair enough for a web designer 
but uh mm-hmm. you know a lawyer it's got to be like ah oh, you know helps you collect documents from clients well you're doing exactly that you've worked at your different segments and you're telling them a different yeah. I guess I guess the only exactly time like, what you need to do. Yeah, it, which is okay for the internet, I guess. But like, I get asked in real life or like at a business event, and I'm like, "Oh man, oh, I don't, I can't do an elevator pitch that's generic for everyone." There's just oh, no I'm way. the, I'm exactly the same. I'm like, <laughs> depending on the country I'm in and how the perception of what I'm going to say I do is going to be taken. Like mm. in 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 the UK, I say I'm CEO of a tech firm because that will <laughs> be represented according to what they see tech firms as and like the way that whatever. But if I'm in Chiang Mai, I say I do CRO, right? Mm. Because they'll know if I say, if I do CRO here, they'll be like, are you Croatian or something? I don't know. <laughs> like there's, there's, there's no understanding of like, I can't just say I'm an internet marketer cause I'm not, you know, yeah. I can't just say I've got an agency cause it's not really an agency. It's like a, so yeah, it, it's exactly the same as what you're doing, depending on who you're talking to you're providing them with the answer that yeah. will best describe it's like a lesson them, lesson in segmentation yeah because yeah. i like if, it, if it's just a normal person and they ask me you know what do you do i'm like oh, i have a software product you know and that's pretty much where i cut it off and then but a lot of people will pry further and i'm just like uh, i don't know how to describe this i'm like well getting information from clients is a pain in the ass and da, da, da. And like i just give examples now like a, a, the web designer and the lawyer are the two that i sort of default to mm-hmm. it's uh it's funny exactly. yeah it's funny how like even you've got this problem and when i see what you do is like so obvious but yeah like i know what cro is so exactly yeah you're in the industry but um yeah in terms of in terms of more actionable things i think it's just what's happened is in the last 10 years is there's been too many design uh, too many developers that have made websites without any sales knowledge it's just they've made it usable they've made them fast generally and they make them functional but they don't at all have them com- like with a conversion Mm-hmm. aspect like a lot of them say they do but they're not not whatsoever so i think the main thing to focus on is making your offer very clear making it very easy for the user to go down the funnel and don't give them too many options so if they if you want them to like click your cta and sign up for your trial don't give them like about us and like contact us and blog links and like all these different options they can choose at the top. That's like old web 1.0, web 2.0, like web 3.0 is all about like landing people onto funnels and putting them down a journey and educating them on a certain like seg, like keeping them in segments. Right. In my opinion, that's well, not my opinion from my experience. That's the best way you're going to get the best results. So for super clear offer, super building trust and like, making making them credible very quickly making your your offer or your website very credible and using like trust pilot in the uk and in europe and in the us works really well like that's just the green stars and having the trust pilot even though it's just another platform to get reviews on they trust it way more than facebook used to be good but since facebook's lost a lot of credibility it's not so Mm. good anymore um, so we switched to to Trustpilot, and now we have like forty three on there. Not not as many. I would I would like more, and we get three or four a month. But mm. um, 
you know, once we get over 100, I think we'll have even more push. But that just builds more credibility. And it's whatever, like you were saying, you had, you had another one that you're on displaying that, whatever the platform of your country is, just getting a shitload of reviews on there will do wonders for your business. Like yeah, look at if- when you're looking for a restaurant to eat at. Yeah. You just look at the reviews and you're like, cool, sounds good. Like yep. my yeah, wife went, let us go to a restaurant if anything's under like 4.2. Oh man, it makes, so. yeah, 100%. It makes me wonder about Trustpilot because we've only, um, we haven't really invested in sending people to Trustpilot yet. And, you know, this makes me think about our clients like Captera G2 are the two big like software review platforms. Mm-hmm. But like, does someone looking at our website know anything about Captera? I don't know. Maybe Trustpilot is more familiar to people. Especially like you say, it's I don't, think they, I don't think they would. I don't. I don't think they would because I don't know. I don't know. I think it just. This is something that we've we tested and it worked really well once we switched it to showing people's faces, like the actual reviewer person's face, mm. um, the green review stars, and and just an excerpt from the like the most punch from the mm-hmm. testimonial if it's a big one especially because no one reads like huge testimonials unless yeah. it's for like a beauty product or a hair serum or you know like something that's a bit more emotional by but if it's if it's for a trust building exercise just make it like nice and snappy the more testimonials the better sam ovens did a really good job at that where he he like he got like a thousand video reviews off his customers mm-hmm. and look i'm not a big sam ovens fan and like whatever i'm not i'm not an i'm not a fan or i'm i'm not a fan or i'm not, I'm not a fan it's just <laughs> it's just an observation i made um because i know yeah. a lot of people have negative views on him but um he just did a really good job at building credibility yeah because he sold like tens of millions of dollars worth of courses just by being a master at building trust about his products yeah because I bought his products and I don't even know if I used them. I think I might have used one, but I bought them and I wonder how many other people bought them. I'm sure, you know, there's always the 1% who put in all the work and like crush it with the case studies and everything. But at the end of the day, the whole point is he built really good credibility um, in the industry very quickly and was able yeah. to to smash it using testimonials, you know? So. Yeah. Hundred percent, yeah. His name comes up a lot, and that's always the thing people focus on is the yeah the, the amount of testimonials he was able to get. We we put a fair bit of work into getting video testimonials, and it's quite hard to mm-hmm. trim those down into like you know the most punchy things. We always try to get pull out the most punchy quote, put that right at the start, and then mm-hmm. have like you know a bit of a longer testimonial for like different questions, like what they were mm-hmm. using, how before they found us, and then what the results, and blah blah blah. Um, but it makes me think I should have a like a, a mashup video or something that are just like all the testimonials, especially broken down by industry. Like we could have like here's all mm. here's a couple of quotes from our people that use it who are lawyers, and here's a few web design agencies or whatever. Um, that's because I've been thinking a lot about that as we get more and more reviews and case studies. Is that like filtering them out by industry because we have such distinct use cases? But yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's it's hard. It's it's been hard for us to to get video testimonials just because people are a bit cagey about like us sharing like their winning results because it's financially mm-hmm. tied or something. Um, but we tried for, we've tried for a while. I know a lot of the, the big guys in our industry have been able to do it, but 
yeah, we haven't been able to. Maybe it's just because of the type of guys we work with, especially like the affiliates. And mm. but you would think in e-commerce, but maybe it's something we need to revisit again soon. We are working with like such a different market segment now compared to a few years ago. Yeah, it's not easy. Like we generally only ask after they've um, given us really good feedback. So um, you know, if they've submitted, you know, every so often a little survey goes out just to ask like how their experience has been, and basically if someone replies really well to that immediately oh, yeah, follow yeah. up yeah and that's kind of and, and you know i don't know like because it's a SaaS product there's probably more people rather than you know like so so we've got a wider net to cast on on who to ask so it's probably a bit easier mm-hmm. to get get them for us and yeah we're not dealing with affiliates and mo- no one's got numerical figures on how much they were spending on collecting information mm-hmm. from clients before so it's a little bit less personal i guess so Anyway, um, I think in the next few years, it's going to become much more important. I think uh, using video as a medium, which mm-hmm. it already is for sure, but I think uh, it's going to become even more more important. Over the next yeah, year. especially because, you know, a testimonial, it's just an image and some text can be sort of. And you don't know if it can be flogged, like anyone could just make it up or whatever. That's yeah. why That's why I think Trustpilot is a bit more credible. It's like having a case study on, for instance, us doing a case study on how we got Empire Flippers 50% increase or whatever, mm. and, or having the case study on their side. Mm. Like it just blows yeah, out of order huge. with how much more credible it is, which is what that's what we did at the start. We got all so I went and did uh, this is good for an agency too. So I went when I first started this company, we were like I come from an SEO background, I was an affiliate SEO and I and an and an agency SEO too. And so like how I made a name in the industry very quickly was I went to five or six of the well-known names in our community. And I said, I'd do CRO for free for them if they did a case study. And that's posted on their website. Yeah. It's posted on their website. Um, and, and then I led, I, then I would promote their website Yeah, and then run them through the funnel that way. Um, and then they would find it eventually. And And that was what, built credibility very quickly and sort of like growth hacked us very quickly to becoming, I guess, mm. an industry leader within certain markets. Yeah. Um, and well, there's another thing of segmentation, right? So suddenly you've done CRO for all these big names and, you know, I've heard that kind of thing happen a few times where like someone does free work for someone and it just results in like, you know, really good things for their business by focusing on, you know, an influencer or whatever, someone who's got a lot of pull. Mm. You know, I saw a guy, um, Greg Merrilies, who's got Studio One Design. I think he started, um, you know, through James Shremko and he was, he made like T-shirts for all these events or like for his podcast. He'd just design these T-shirts and send them to him. And I, I from memory, I could get, be getting this wrong, but, you know, that got him sort of in and now he's like James's recommended designer and James has a ton of pull. <laughs> um, of another friend, a designer friend of mine worked with, God, I want to say, oh, it's this like female business program that everyone knows. Um, oh, damn it. It's like super big, like business, uh, women in business sort of course, you know, $5,000 sort of thing. And yeah, now she's like the preferred designer there because she did. Um, exactly. Yeah. Free work for her years ago. But anyway, so just a, another sort of side tip. Hey, um, just as we finish off here, how can people learn CRO, like how can they, if someone wants to offer this as a service, they want to get started, how should they, uh, how should they start? So that's, that's 
that's the hard thing. I know that that Pete had a has a course um, who the guy you had on a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago, um, the CXL Academy, I believe it's called, or yeah. something like that. Or I just yeah, and and I did that when I first got into CRO, and that gives you a very good foundation and understanding of all the terms and how to view things on the higher level. It doesn't really give you any specific. There's a lot of actually no, it does. There's a lot of case like uh, examples throughout mm-hmm. the content. Um, but I think you just need to be inquisitive about the topic, you know, like about yeah. the actual industry. Um, I, I mean, I released a course in order to get people into the funnel more a few years ago, but I ended up closing it down just because it was it was taking too much sort of focus right. away from the core, the core product. Um, and that was good for like affiliate CRO type specific specific stuff. But yeah, man, it's sort of like one of these things where you need to learn just and, and really study it, just like going to uni or whatever for it to mm-hmm. really understand it on, on the higher on the higher level because getting into running split tests and managing it all and then having the team and oh that's just a whole whole nother thing. But if you you know to become a, a freelancer and run your own agency with a couple of staff and and five, 10 clients, it's it's not that difficult once you understand like the 80, 20 of what works, and it, which is a few things that we've discussed on mm. on the call already uh, to, tonight or today for you. But um, yeah, I've got no real way to, real way to answer that. Ah, that's like, all right. Like, where they should head, but yeah. It, it's a, like there are a lot of things, right? It, it is just kind of a process of trying things out um, and you know, actually doing it is, is, is one of the best ways to learn a lot of things, you know, and um, yeah, you might get started with Peep, Peep's course, the CXL Academy. I know a lot of people talk, uh, say nice things about that. So that's probably a good place to start. Um, but then, you know, actually trying different things and seeing what works and, and maybe even- Like anything. Yeah. Exactly. Just starting, just starting and then like finding your thing whatever mm-hmm. that is, you know, like for, for running an agency with, with um, a bunch of people might, you know, it might not be for everyone, but like working on, cause that, that's, that's sort of what, what started for me. I was having like two or three clients come through here and there and it started to grow and demand started to grow. And then um, it become my main focus. So I went fully into that, you know, so um, mm-hmm. it just depends on what they want to do, what, if they want to do it long-term or, if that's what they want their main yeah. focus. And it to is be. the kind of thing that larger client sorry, I think we've got a delay going again. But um yeah, I think um it's probably worth mentioning that like a CRO is this kind of service that larger clients need. And you know, a lot of people, mm-hmm. um, a lot of agencies are always wondering how they can get better clients, get bigger clients, charge higher amounts. I mean, that's the kind of thing that a large client needs. It's not like a, you know, necessarily a new website build. It's they got their their current website, they got a lot of traffic to it and they just want to convert more of them. So and you could probably charge so a lot I, more. I remember I remember meeting a guy at the DC because there's not a lot of CROs in the DC, which is surprising. Mm. But I met um, I did meet a guy last DCBKK in 2019. Um, so we work more on volume of clients and we're not so as high a ticket as some of these um, other agencies out there that work with the big enterprise mm. companies. We work like with the medium and small businesses. So we have like 60 to 80 clients on the management at any one time type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this guy at DCBKK would, would have five clients that he would have yeah right but it was just him him his 
partner and I think two other staff, something like that. But they would charge, I can't remember what the number was, but it was quite high. It was like near 10 grand or eight or 10 grand a month per client. And then that allowed them their their lifestyle that they wanted and mm-hmm. their business goals and everything like that, right? Mm-hmm. So it just depends. High ticket clients, you need to deliver a certain level, obviously, of customer support, professional uh, presentations and like how you demonstrate and communicate the, the results and things like that. Um, or if you go like the lower end and work on volume, it's much more, it's much more about just like delivering results and like a simple email can be fine, you know? So it just depends on, on what you want to, what you want to do. So totally. Well, Kurt, um, I think I could talk about this all day. Um, however, uh, to for people listening, I think um, you know, uh, I think we probably Don't want to overload close to an hour at this point. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's about time to wrap up. Maybe I can get you back another time. Uh, talk about automation because I know that was where we were going to go. Is, is eventually is like how you've automated parts of your business as well. But maybe that's a mm. the next time. A whole different topic, yeah. Yeah. All right, Kurt. So, um, thank you so much for for sharing all of this. Where can people go to find out more about you? Uh, Convertica.org is our our website where they can find out about our service and so on. I'm on Twitter, Convertica OU, um, and that's really about it. Those are the two places I like, to, you know, business on the website if they want to find out more and then just for chatting to people in general. Um, I'm not super active. I'm not as active as you are, but I, <laughs> I do like to get on there and, and chat here and there. And you meet some cool people on, on there, and especially in, in your industry and so on, right? So. 100%. Twitter's awesome for that. Um, I'm not sure it's the best use of my time, and I, but um, yeah, it is. I've, I've had some good things come of it. <laughs> All right, Kurt. Thanks awesome. again, mate. This has been awesome. Awesome, man. Check you soon. Discover how to grow your agency, earn more, and work less at agencyhighway.com. Head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts. See you next time. This episode was brought to you by Content Snare. If you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients, Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails. Give it a try at contentsnare.com.